Good evening, Batmites. This is Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy meet... <laughs> and this is Steve and Andy meet Batman episode 50, the 50th episode. We, we have arrived. Wow. wow, we have. We really have. Can you believe it? You know what? I, I can't. I, I can't believe it at all. But, but I knew something was up because, you know, anyone, if, if, if someone doesn't know, tonight was the night of the, the second presidential debate. Yeah. I'm pretty sure someone in that audience asked about Stephen Andy Me Batman episode 50. Yeah. Um, what will your administration do to stop episode 50 from being released? Right. And Barack Obama stood up and said, it can't be stopped. Exactly. So exactly. here we are. And, and, and didn't Romney say that Stephen and Andy's like beer and coffee? It's an illicit drug. <laughs> he did. He did. Not. We don't have a lot of political uh, fans in the political realm. But if you are listening, I'm assuming you're a fan. So thank you for listening. Yes. Episode 50. We have arrived. This means there's there's about two days worth of Stephen Andy podcasts out there, right? Yeah, I mean, I think each yeah, of our episodes have, yeah. are a little under an hour, sometimes over an hour. But w- at 50, we have roughly 50 hours. So if you just began with episode one and listened all the way through, it would take you two days. How does that make you feel that we have talked to each other for two days? About? About about really nothing, really. Well, that's true. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but it does kind of excite me that someone might do a Woodstock style marathon. <laughs> if you do one of those, you should let us know. And from we'll what I understood, if, Stan, if someone did that, Jimi Hendrix would come back from the dead and play Star Spangled Banner <laughs> at the very end. That is what would happen. That's an urban legend. But so we started the podcast, I mean, in its, in its original baby seedling form uh, four years ago, almost exactly, because I remember the first podcast we did, we talked about the registering to vote, the presidential elections, um, the 2008 presidential elections. But those podcasts, and these, this only our hardcore fans will know about those podcasts because I don't even have them anymore. <laughs> I was looking for them and they are gone. Yeah, or two um, episodes of Steve and Andy meet Seinfeld. Yeah, I don't have them either because you asked me earlier if I, if I had any copies. And I, I don't believe that I, I – I believe actually the only surviving recordings of those – Two episodes are at uh, uh, the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. I, actually, they're buried at the 40-yard line of the um, Jets Stadium. Oh, really? Yeah. N- next to Hoffa? Yeah. <laughs> they're going to dig up Jimmy Hoffa and find these two. They're cassette tapes, too. And he's listening to him in like a Walkman, <laughs> in an 80s-style Walkman. I guess let's give let's give people history that they probably don't care about, but <laughs> we began... I th- you know how you remember how it, the um, the podcast began? Do you remember what 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 started uh, the podcast? Uh, no. <laughs> I we were talking um, on AIM or or something, and I was talking about episodes of Frasier that I liked. Yep. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, and yeah. I was sending some to you, and uh, I said we should just talk about them. And then I then one of us thought I don't know. Let's just record it when we talk about them. 
because people will definitely want to listen oh, to yeah, that. They, they want to know how we what we think about Frasier. But but neither. I mean, I like Frasier kind of, but I thought I definitely cannot do this every week. So we thought we both like Seinfeld. Let's do that. We got yeah. about two episodes in, and what can you really say about Seinfeld that the show doesn't say itself? It turns out not much because most of. <laughs> well, it's you... kind of hard to do a show that's like a straight comedy. Yeah. Like it's easier doing something that's campy, and yeah. there's lots of things that you can kind of joke about. So yeah, uh, it, it was the Seinfeld. It was ill-fated, but uh, those those early podcasts. I remember we talked much more about our personal lives. I remember talking. <laughs> do you remember? Yeah. I remember I went on a date, and we were trying to figure out whether or not it was a date. Yeah, I remember, yeah. You know, my life hasn't changed that much. It really hasn't. <laughs> so I mean, then, Stephen, still, enemy... you're still doing, still doing the exact same sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, going on, going on dates. Yeah, eating, ta- eating Taco Bell. Yeah, I mean, nothing's really changed for me in four years. And <laughs> what's kind of funny about that is that we sit, so we average a little more than like <laughs> ten episodes every year. Well, yeah, but. Stephen Annie meets Seinfeld went for about a month, and yeah. it was canceled by the bigwigs. Uh, yeah. yeah, and we yeah. brought re- the then, internet. The yeah. internet iTunes bigwigs. Steve yeah. Jobs, when he was still alive, came to us and said, "I'm pulling the plug. This cannot stand." And so we had to stop it. Yeah. He said, "Shut it down." That's remember that email we got from him. Yeah, shut it said, down. Shut it down. That's all it said. Shut it down. And we all knew caps. what he meant. We knew what he yeah. meant. Um, rest in peace, Steve Jobs. <laughs> So what? And then some. For some reason, months later, several months later, we decided let's do a, a podcast again. Yes. And this time, let's do it about Batman. Do you remember where we were at when we d- discussed this? I do not actually. I would like to know though. Dave and Buster's. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Why? I we... I don't know if I'd ever gone to Dave and Buster's before. We were with. I... Your cousin. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone else. I don't remember. I think we had just came from Stan Jones's Christmas party. Yes. And I want to say that's what we were like. We need a, a podcast so we can talk about Stan Jones's Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, that was quite the Christmas party. It was disturbing. It was, but we'll leave that for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I remember that because there was a machine in the Dave and Buster's where you could get in. It would take your picture, and then it would take someone else's picture, and it would spit out what your baby would look like. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, and we did it. And we did it, and our it was it was horrific. I think the photo has since been well, destroyed. Actually, it, it came out and it looked spitting image of Chief O'Hara, and that's how we were like. We looked at each other. Yep, I remember it now. Yeah. So yeah, that's how Stephen Annie meet Batman began. The kid was wearing the the same police outfit too that's <laughs> that, that was it was just the picture of chief o'hara yeah it was yeah, really bizarre yeah so if you would if you and i ever have a child that's what it would look like yeah i actually think that's what happened it's like a looper sort of thing yeah 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 <laughs> and he went he went back in time to kill somebody but instead he wound up on a on, tv on show <laughs> <laughs> that would be very strange so yeah we we did steve and andy Meet Batman, and we did what I consider our first season was almost exclusively Batman stuff. I'm looking at it yeah. now. It was exclusively Batman 1960 TV series. We did 14 episodes of season three of the 1960 TV series. We ended with a special, the Cartoon Explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we did the 1968 
Batman with Robin the Boy Wonder. Yeah, so. and and then, then we didn't do any episodes for a good year or more. Yeah, well, I mean, you, after you do 14 season three episodes, you need a rest. Yes. You need it. You need a, that. That's actually, it wasn't, season three wasn't originally going to be the final season. They were just so worn out. They had to take, mm-hmm. you know, 50 years off. The show's coming back in a couple years. So Not many people know this. They're going to, they're going to make season four in a couple that's years. That's right. Along the way, we've met lots of friends. We mentioned Jim Beard. We've had Matt living in Japan. We've had Lewis from the UK. Yeah. We had uh, Paul. Paul, yes, our friend from West Virginia, I believe. Yeah. We haven't heard from. Um, also, one character who hasn't popped up in a while used to send us regular emails. Do you, do you remember who I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, I know exactly. One Harry Comer. Yep. <clears throat> and if you notice... I don't know if you caught on to this. Steve Jobs died. No more emails from Harry Comer. Oh my god, I never our, thought of our that. Our last email from Harry Comer, 8-24-11, just about a month before Steve Jobs died. I'm putting two and two together, and I'm getting four. Yeah, just saying. Coincidence? No. I don't believe, I don't believe in no. coincidences. No. So... Uh, lots of friends along the way. We appreciate all of our Batmite fans. And two friends who we've had on the show, and I guess we've been on their show. It's been some crossover, I would yeah. say. Nick and Zach from the, fi- the, the Film, Film Drive podcast have sent us a little message. Here it is. I'm Zach. And this is Nick. And this is Nick and Zach congratulate Steve and Andy meet Batman as they meet their 50th episode. Boy, that was a mouthful. Steve, Andy, we just wanted to send in a little clip to congratulate you both on reaching your 50th episode. That's quite the podcasting milestone. And we hope that we get to hear another 50,000 more before it's all said and done. At least. There's a rumor going around that your 50th episode is going to be a live podcast in Big Ben in London. Please tell me if this is true and I'll come and say hello. You guys are two of the coolest jive-talking cats that we know. Keep up the great work. Can't wait to hear more. Steve and Andy meet Batman. Good work, guys, and maybe we'll see you on Film Drive sometime soon. So that was Nick and Zach from Film Drive, a great podcast, by the way, who we've yeah. you've been on it several times. I've been on it. I was trying to think of this. I think um, four or five times, mm-hmm. at least four, possibly five times. And they've been on our show. We've had some crossover. What did we do first? Um, we talked about. Well, we did the Batman. Yeah, we did Dark Knight Rises episode. We did one other episode with him, and I can't remember what. I think it was just one where we just like talked with him. Oh yeah, this <laughs> is an episode where we drived with him. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It was, uh, great guys, Nick and Zach, check them out. Um, Facebook.com/slash/filmdrive, or go to iTunes and search for Film Drive. You won't regret it. Um, you, you, maybe you'll. Re- I don't know why you would regret it, but I I can say you probably won't. They, you should, if you do that, you should keep uh, keep an eye out for the upcoming Halloween episode, which Uh-oh. I uh, happen to uh, be one of the guests on. Uh oh, we have today, episode fifty, something very special planned. Yeah. Um. In fact, got a letter from the Queen, as I call her, and she specifically requested these issues be covered. Oh, I'm not surprised. And you know if. The former lead singer of Queen, Freddie Mercury, was still with us. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Yeah. Same, 
<laughs> ghost of Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I call him Queen. Yeah, yeah, the Queen. And he's still alive. Yeah, well, the ghost of Freddie Mercury is still alive. exactly. Yeah. yeah, he said, "Cover Batman, issue fifty, and World's Finest, issue fifty, but not necessarily in that order." Right. He said, surprise me. So we'll start with World's Finest, issue 50. Then we'll move on in the second segment of the show to Batman, issue 50. Do you see a theme here? I do. But to do the mites. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Do you have some info on the 76 big pages of World's Finest, issue 50? Okay, World's Finest, issue number 50, was the February-March 1951 issue. It has a cover price of 15 cents. The covers mm-hmm. is fun. All the, all the World's Finest had fun covers. Yeah. This one has, uh, like, Superman, Batman, and Robin, like, dune buggy in it, it looks like. And, of course, Robin's <laughs> winning. Have you noticed in any of these old World's Finest where they have some sort of sporting activity where Robin's participating in the sporting activity, he's winning. Of course, because Batman lets him win. Yeah, and Superman is, I mean, you'd think he'd be really good at sports. Superman cannot drive. That's just a well-known fact. Yeah. You know, you you pick up this issue, looking at the cover. Mm -hmm. What what year is it? 1951. You're going to be disappointed because... It's probably probably 1950. Okay, but inside... There's no dune buggies, as far as I remember. No, there's not. There's a lot of crap. There's a lot of filler in here. We're I only mean, doing two stories from this yeah, because, I mean, there I mean there's are, a, lot a lot of junk of sto- in here. There are a lot of stories in here. There's a Green Arrow story. There's a Jerry the Jitterbug story. I thought about doing that, but I actually didn't want to make myself read that. Yeah, no. There's a Tom Sparks Boy Inventor <laughs> story. There's, isn't there like a... Like a short there's, story. Well, there's one called there's one there's a Wyoming kid story. There's a Zatar, which is Zatanna's dad, a story with him, and <laughs> there's a story about equal rights. Okay. With Peg, did you did you read that? I one? didn't I read, read that. that one. Yeah. But there's also one featuring Vitamin Vic. Yeah, I saw that. What the hell is Vitamin Vic? It's this. It's a strange messages in this in this issue, especially. Both the Superman story and the Batman story that we're going to do from this world's finest, both, I think, have odd messages. And I'm not sure. Do do you know what I mean? Do you you see what I'm saying? Especially the Batman issue. Okay. Maybe one might want to point out. Because it's been, I will be honest, it's been like a month since I read each of these stories. I know. A lot has happened in, in in the time between we recorded the last episode and we're recording this. I went to Japan, for example. Exactly. Exactly. You, you were kidnapped. It was like taken. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was um, the Japanese government wanted to establish their own podcast industry, so I was kidnapped. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. And Liam Neeson actually did save you. He did. It was really strange. I don't know what he yeah. was doing there. Yeah, I don't need. Well, he said he was filming Schindler's List too. So <laughs> this time it's a listier. Listier, yeah. So the the <laughs> Schindel Schindel listier, kind of like Die Hard two. Yeah, die that's harder. right. Yeah. Live free or shins lists. Exactly. <laughs> World's finest <laughs> issue. Shins, shins list with a vengeance. <laughs> World's, World's finest issue 50. February, March, 1951. The Assuming first 
Well, uh, su- yeah. Start with the uh, Superman Super Wrecker. Yes, the first story, like the Superman yeah. Super Wrecker. We see on the splash page a uh, telescope, several people looking at it. It says, see Superman at work 10 cents. Superman is smashing what appears to be a giant rock. I like to think he's smashing a planet. Like I, that's like. I like giant. to think it's a giant cookie and he's just really hungry. <laughs> um, or he was shrunk down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. it's, a, it's a normal sized cookie and a very small Superman. The caption says, if you were Superman and had to take a job, what would you choose? Architect? Art Vandalay? That, that's a Seinfeld reference. That is, that is. Detective? Well, I'm, you know, maybe this. Seinfeld was a huge that's Superman true. fanatic. Detective, explorer, marine biologist, fundraiser? Marine I biologist. Fun, fundraiser there. seems like. Is that <laughs> like, a, like a party planner? It's, yeah, it's like. He could have his own planner. Bravo show. It's kind of like all See, these other jobs are pretty exciting. Detective, explorer, scientist, fundraiser. He could have his own Bravo show, Super <laughs> Parties with Superman. <laughs> And you can have like a like Jimmy Olsen. You could be like the over the top flamboyant. I like it. Side. I like it. I'm smelling a spinoff of World's Finest. World's World's most fabulous comics is what it would be. Exactly. Watch what happens live with Andy Cohen, and he's interviewing Perry White (laughs) and Omarosa. Oh God. Um, With talents that know few limits, the choice would be a hard one. Would you have chosen what Superman chose in this most spectacular of all adventures? It that is a completely misleading statement. (laughs) I don't know. I thought this was his most spectacular adventure <laughs> ever. Yeah, yeah. You can form your own opinion after you learn the dread occupational hazard that nearly finished the career of Superman Super Wrecker. So we open in Perry White's office, <laughs> the Daily Planet. Um, Superman got a message to come in. He's there in his suit, looking really buff. Look at those shoulders. Oh, he's looking big. He's been he... he's been juicing or something. Yeah, he. Definitely something. Um, we can kind of tell from the size of his head that he's probably been taking human growth. Yeah, his head, I was going to point out, looks very small in this issue. Um, so Perry White in the Daily Planet is saying, look, Superman, this guy keeps bugging me, but you didn't fill out this form correctly. Does Superman, I mean, obviously he doesn't. I was going to say, does he work for the Daily Planet? But obviously we learned that he doesn't work for the Daily Planet. So why is this guy going to Perry White to bother I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So the the guy that that came and is is requesting Superman is is a census agent and Perry White's very annoyed by it but he's amused cuz Superman is is kind of getting bugged by this agent. The agent says, "Look, <laughs> he kind of berates Superman a little bit. Can't you answer questions properly? You didn't put down your job last time I was here." Superman's like, "But I don't have a job." Um He's part of that 47%. <laughs> yeah. He goes, unless you want me to say that helping people and championing the championing the underdog is my job. <laughs> the, the census worker, I love this, goes, that's not an occupation. You cannot he's, help people. You need he's a, he, to, he, he's a Republican. He's like, you need to help the stock, the shareholders. Exactly. Um, that's what he's basically saying. <laughs> and um, I actually, you know, <clears throat> breaking off from this, like, conversation real fast. That's actually one thing I do kind of miss about modern Superman stories, that in the early Superman stories, really up to, I guess, this point in the early 50s, Superman was kind of like that, the liberal fighting for the underdog kind of hero. I mean, a lot of his stories were and even fighting this one. Like, cor- like corrupt businesses yeah. and things like that. But no, fighting, no, no more. Small man. Yeah, he doesn't really do that anymore. So the the guy says you have to put you have to put a job down and Superman goes well I guess I'll have to think of something and and the census worker says 
or Superman suggests, can I just say I'm unemployed? He goes, that's not an occupation. Even unemployed folks have an occupation. That doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Superman, his occupation is literally helping people. He won't let him put that. He won't let him put unemployed. And so the census worker leaves. He says, I'll come back in a week. You better have that answered. Um, Superman's like, I, I guess I've got a lot to do now. Uh, so he flies off. He's wait, wait. So, so Mort Weisinger, <clears throat> the editor of the Superman books, yeah. said, I want a story Yeah. for World's Finest number 50. He's like, this whole the, census thing has gotten me bothered. Like, it has to be the most exciting story. The mo- I, I put, I put on the tagline, the most spectacular adventure. Yeah, this has to be the most exciting story Superman's ever been in. It's a spectacular adventure. <laughs> Writers, tell me what you've got. And one guy stood up and he said, a guy that takes the census is borrowing Superman over a technicality. And Superman has to find a job to satisfy the census worker. More it's like kids will love it. Yes. If there's one thing kids in the early 50s loved, it's stories about census workers. Because. So anyway, Superman's flying around and he he sees uh, his, I guess, this guy he knew, Ben Drill, the ex-pilot, who was a hero in the last war. They wanted, they didn't say World War II. They wanted this to be timeless. So just the last war. Yeah, it is timeless. Um. So these these he's getting kicked out. Um, ben Drill is getting kicked out of this lone place, and and Superman comes down and he, he's like, "What's happening? You're a hero. You can't be kicked out." Superman loves war heroes from any war. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And Ben Drill, the veterans, the ex-pilot, all, says all except for Vietnam. Yes, but he's not a Viet not a Vietnam guy. No. Uh, Superman or Ben Drill says, um, "It's it's that rat, Steve Sokum." It, it, what happened was Steve Sokum wanted to sell some faulty parts to the Air Force during the war. Ben Drill said no. And after he got out, he applied for a G, GI loan for his wrecking business. But Sokum, he, 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 he said, you know, I'll let me make up for the war thing. I'll, I'll rent you some equipment. It turns out that equipment was junk. And so now Ben Drill owes this this greedy dirty guy steve Sokum, all this money um and and he can't he, he can't pay him back because he has this contract to tear down this building but he can't do it because the equipment steve Sokum rented him is all all garbage then superman's like look stop stop show me the building i'll knock it down and so later we cut to superman just smashing through a building i doubt he checked if there was anyone inside no. He was hoping someone was in there. You know, Superman didn't... I mean, he just kind of knew this guy, Ben... What's his name? Ben Drill. Ben Drill. This guy could have been a con artist who just wanted to smash down buildings. That's true. I mean, you know... And Superman's just going... He goes with it the whole time without ever checking who this guy is. Superman, he's gullible. He's naive. Yeah. He'll believe what anyone lays at his feet. And yeah, this guy right. says, hey, uh, you know, some guys, hey, I'm just trying to knock down some buildings. That's yeah. it. And Superman's like, well, well, show me where it is. I'll smash it up. Yeah. And yeah. he does, too. And, and in a matter of minutes, the building's just rubble. I don't know right. how this guy's going to clear the rubble, but Superman's like, all right, job done. That's what he, he's like, done. What's next? Yeah. He's and, really proud of himself. And, and, ben, and Superman kind of suggests, you know, look, I'm looking for a job. So I can maybe I can work for you, and um, you just have to donate some of your money to charity. 
<laughs> that's and they shake hands and all right, it, I'll do it. it. Superman said a charity of my choosing. Yeah, and yeah. he and he named one and he said uh, just do it the acronym C period A period S period H period. That's what he said. Yeah, I mean, cash we can kind of money. Say, yeah, yeah. That's cash is king. Yeah, exactly. Especially in Superman's eyes. <laughs> that's C A S H is Children Against Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. That's what he meant. Yeah. C period. <laughs> Children against Saddam Hussein money. Exactly. Uh, so okay, so Superman <laughs> is now said, soup and soup says, you know, make if you can do a blank because they always need different different amounts. <laughs> and Ben Drill was like, okay. Yeah, whatever. Superman, yeah. So uh, basically Ben Drill's conning Superman and Superman's conning Ben Drill. So Later, we see Ben Drill at, at a bank, and he says, look, I've got this new business. Um, I've got Superman working for me. I want to I wanna get a – if I want to do – I'll do any job, but if if the job – if I fail to do it in the allotted time, I'm going to offer a million-dollar forfeit fee. Um, I don't – this seems like a really cocky plan all of a sudden for Ben well, he's Drill. Trying to get his, he's trying to get his name in the paper. Yeah. People, oh, look at this. He's. I think he's angling to have uh... – one of Superman's wrecking jobs live on pay-per-view. Yeah, that's what he wanted next. The bank, the bank loanman says, it's yours. Superman is the soundest investment in this country. In fact, really they talked is. about that on the debate tonight. But yeah, I know. He he, he is the, the most sound investment, though. <laughs> His stocks never fall on Wall Street. So we see later, yeah, this does get in the paper. Look, Superman's taking this job. There's a million-dollar forfeit offered. And and these guys are like, look, I've got to smash up this wrecking ship, this this steamship, this old steamship. And Superman will do it in one day. And he pays to do it. And Superman, of course, is out there smashing it. But we see Steve Sokum. He's like, look, a million dollar, mil, he calls it a million clam forfeit. He's like, there ought to be some hay in this for me. He's got to think of something. What can super? What can he get Superman to do that would just be impossible? See, nobody knows this, but Steve Sokum is afraid to actually say dollars or cash yeah. or money. Mm-hmm. He has to say things like hay and clam all the time. It's, it's kind of hard talking to him. It is. It's He's, he's a weird guy. Yeah. We see Superman smashing up a bridge, which may, may or may not have had people on it, may or may not have even needed to be smashed. He's loving it. It, it, it needed to be smashed. He's just using this as a license to destroy. <laughs> he's smashing up the old steamship. Uh, but he, that wasn't an old steamship. That yeah, that that was like a crucial U.S. carrier, like that, very that was, vital for yeah, defense. Yeah, currently in use. Yeah. He's just smashing it, sinking it, killing the untold number of sailors of seamen. Of seamen absolutely. Um, uh, later, we see Steve Sokum. He's got an idea. He looks. Look, I <laughs> I love his idea. He's like, I've got something for Superman to destroy. He'll never be able to do it. He's like, <laughs> I just can't even say this. I'm quoting Steve Sokum now. I just bought a mountain for practically nothing because it's rocky and useless. That is not how it – you can't just buy a mountain for nothing. Well, Steve Sokum did because it's rocky and useless, yeah. unlike most other mountains. But by the way, if you go – we see the mountain later. It's not rocky and useless. It looks no. like a nice mountain. But in, I know. <laughs> anyway. I was thinking that maybe Steve Sokum should probably like try to, like I don't know, do something with it. Yeah, I mean it feels like that would be better than getting this million clam forfeit fee but anyway steve Sokum. he he's uh he's like superman cannot he, he he can't wreck this thing in a day um but superman of course takes up the job um once he gets to the mountain though he sees it's located between 
a high-level water reservoir and a populated village, and if he destroys the mountain, the village will be flooded. Um, he talks to, I guess, a state trooper and the uh, or the the reservoir superintendent, asking him to drain it, asking him if they can move it or divert it somehow. And he's like, "Look, we can't do that. It's going to take a couple days at least to get that permit." Superman hates red tape. He says, "I only have a day." Or this this and, million clams is out the door. Yeah, and so he basically Superman was just like, "Well, I guess all those people are going to have to die." Yeah, <laughs> that that if his if his plan didn't work, that's absolutely what was happening. Because there's no way that Superman's going to back down to a challenge but of instead, destroying a mountain. Superman just starts smashing up trees, <laughs> just carelessly. Um, <laughs> the animals inside, endangered species, habitats well, he, for untold number of, of well, forest creatures, all gone. I saw that Superman ate some. He picked some of those yeah, animals up yeah. and just started gnawing on them, gnawing on their heads. So he uses all these trees. I don't understand what he did, but he created this giant propeller. And once he lifted the mountain away, the propeller held the water back with the wall of wind. It, it doesn't make any sense. Superman's engineering mind is so far beyond what you and I can comprehend. You cannot get a fan to spin fast enough to hold back a giant wave, a lake. It's it it well, I guess you can. I, I I'm Super, wrong Superman's because I'm looking, I'm at, it looking right right at it. I'm looking right at it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is happening between my eyes. So Superman what I love is all the like little arrows between each panel telling me where to go next. Yeah, it's a little confusing. Uh Superman then goes to to talk to uh ben drill his employer in quotes um and, and he's like what that's a great job superman and and he's like so what uh, do you ultimately do with the water i mean is it still just spinning yeah it's that's that water's just being held up by a very fragile wall of air <laughs> that any change in air pressure any storm will just collapse that water will just co- rushing down into that little village killing all the people they could um, do a new 52 issue if Superman <laughs> does the same thing. So later we see Steve Sokum. He's like, "How Superman has outsmarted me again. What what can we do next? His his confidant there says, look, uh, reading about this asteroid. It's going to crash into Earth in a couple hundred years. Uh, uh, and Steve Sokum's got an idea. He's like, you think Superman could destroy this planet? I bet he can't. They somehow get an appointment with... Um, Eli Mudkin, the famed astronomer, at his at his lab at his telescopes. I don't know how Steve Sokum has these connections. He's got connections in the scientific world. Um, and 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 the and the astronomer says um, he's he's been analyzing that that asteroid. It's going to smash into you know, Earth in two hundred. You know, years. a lot of people don't realize this, but Steve Sokum, a couple years later, changed his name to Neil Armstrong. Yep. 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 Exactly so, what happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the astronomer's there. He's he's been analyzing this planet. He says something very interesting about the spectrum analysis. This planet it's made out of this this very unique element, and he shows it to Steve Stokum, and he says, "Holy smoke!" Which was a very dirty word at the time. That was that was that was a bold move by DC. And so Steve, I we don't know what this element could be. Although if you know anything about anything, you're probably guessing what it might be by now. He says, "I've got an idea. This this Superman will never be able to destroy this planet. A cool million clams is coming my way." But he, he actually thinks it's clams. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a huge. That's what he wants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a huge seafood. He's fan. not Jewish. No, he can eat the shellfish. He, yeah, I mean he he loves red lobster. Shrimp fest. Oh God, he's down there, first in line. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve Stokum goes back. 
he he goes to uh, Ben Drill, <laughs> Superman, and he says, "Look, um, I'm worried about my kids. I, I this this asteroid is going to smash into Earth in 200 years. It's going to kill all my offspring. I'll pay everything I have to." Oh, his I read it as it's going to destroy the band, the offspring. He's <laughs> like, yeah, um, it's it's going to kill all his all his children. I'm going to pay everything I have 200. Two hundred thousand dollars, everything I have, um, and and Ben Drill's suspicious. Superman says, "Steve, Superman, not very per- perceptive." He goes, "He looks as worried as a rattlesnake." <laughs> but but Ben Drill says, "Look, something you know, we can't let him do this. He's 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 gonna, <laughs> it's a trap. He's Steve Stokem. He's out to get me." Superman goes, "Yeah, I, I can do it. I can handle it. Don't worry about it." Um, and and. <laughs> And the uh, Steve Sokum then says, "I need Superman's this done." Pride, one day, Superman's pride is going to get in his way. Yeah, it almost did in this one. Steve Sokum says, "I need this done in 24 hours," and Superman just goes, "Yes, I agree." Just <laughs> immediately, and we see Ben Drill going, "But wait, Superman!" Superman flies off, and he's he's destroying this planet. He's like, "I got." Plenty he doesn't of even time. know what planet it is. He's just going to fly out and <laughs> yeah. start destroying them. I got plenty of time. He starts messing around, um, trying to make it explode. It's got all these vents coming up. He's he's plugging the holes of the vent making trying to make it explode that doesn't work so he starts drilling inside and on back on earth we see um ben drilled steve Sokum and the astronomer looking at the planet the astronomer says what you told me i would he, he didn't release the information about his uh, spectrum analysis he knew it would be dangerous for superman but, but for some reason he didn't tell him and now he's upset i don't i'm not quite sure but superman Obviously, it's kryptonite down in there, and Superman begins digging. And this is how old this issue is. They explain what kryptonite is, right? Yeah. Um, or the rare element whose mysterious uh, radiation is the only known uh, force capable of overcoming Superman. And so Superman's digging down. The core is made out of kryptonite. He's getting weaker and weaker, and Steve Stokum is looking on through this telescope and thinking that Superman's done. He's not going to be able to destroy. You know, I have to admit, though, that the astronomer did a good job focusing. It looks the really good. Like, boom, <laughs> it right looks on. Really good. Especially when he's in the crevice. That's a nice. Yeah, it's a nice telescope. So Superman, he's 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 done for. What's he? He's back on the surface of the planet. He's crawling around. What can he do? He tries, he, with his last bit of strength, rolls over onto one of the geysers, the steam geysers on the planet, launches him two miles into space, a very powerful geyser. So Superman's up in space, he's, his powers are recovered, but he still has to destroy that planet. He's running out of time, or, or Ben Drill's going to have to forfeit a million dollars. So Superman, they're nearby Jupiter, so he just starts launching some of Jupiter's rings, some of the, the rocky material from the rings into the planet, and it's destroyed. Um, back on Earth, Bendril is of course excited. He goes, "Look, he's Superman, he's he yeah. destroyed the planet. Uh, it's done. You got to pay me, and and you don't get the forfeiture money." But Steve Sokum's like, "Wait a minute, he's a few minutes late. In fact, he's three seconds late. <laughs> Very technical." Oh, yes. Um, uh, and and so Bendril's like, "Fine, yeah, I've I've ruined you. I'll sign the check." But Superman comes back. He goes, "Wait a minute, you're wrong." By that clock, yes, I'm late, but you should know that it would have taken several minutes for the light of that collapsing planet to reach the Earth because of the way the light travels. It takes a little bit of time. Superman, Superman loves technicalities. He does. And so they bankrupt Steve Stokum and his family goes hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but but Ben Drill's doing all right. 
Oh yeah, he's, no, he, he's like a multi-billionaire. Yeah, two hundred k. Yeah. Um. So back at the Daily and Planet, he's probably able to write like a bestseller. <laughs> back at yeah. I'm Superman's boss. Yeah, Superman's boss. This he probably gets his own story. like kind of apprentice type show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's loving yeah. it. He's he's oh, yeah. soaking it in. Yeah, he's got his fifteen <clears throat> minutes. Back at the Daily Planet, we see Superman. Um, instead of saying you're fired, he says you're drilled. <laughs> Back at the Daily Planet, we see Superman uh, talking to the to the Census Bureau worker. He goes, "Finally, I have a job." You put Wrecker, and the Census Bureau worker is like, "Wait a minute. Um, actually, I just realized your secret identity, whoever that may be, filled out the form already, so you don't need to fill one out because that would you'd be counted twice." And Superman lets out this big "ow," and that's the end of the episode. I love that ending with his like his hands are in the air, like he's like. And his, ah! his, 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 <laughs> He's really pissed off. He's like, I did all that for nothing. I saved Earth in 200 years from a planet crashing into it. Well, he had bigger, he had other plans for that day. What I find interesting is that Superman, uh, the census worker, the only question that Superman couldn't fill out was his um, occupation, his job. So, what did he put for address? Fortress of Solitude, which is not in America. <laughs> What do you, I, I, you probably maybe, maybe he put down the daily, the daily planet. That, yeah, he probably did, and that's why that guy was. And that's why there. they kept bugging Perry White. <laughs> he thought Superman lived at the Daily Planet. So that was a fun one. Um, the next story in World's Finest episode or issue fifty. We just keep them coming too. By the way, this is ep- episode fifty. Okay. It's nonstop. No, no. It, we we will take a break later, but it it is mostly nonstop. So I hope everyone's sitting down for this because the next story is a Batman the, story. Is the Wyoming kid. <laughs> Land of a thousand smokes. The next the next story is Batman and Robin take great pleasure in inviting you to spend some of the most exciting moments of your life. Again, a complete lie as their guests in Gotham City's famed and fabulous Bullet Hole Club, which sounds like a gay club, but it's it, it may be. It may I thought be. it was. I mean, I thought that's why they had the phallic, you know, pistol on the cover, not yeah. the cover, but on the splash page. Yeah, there's all kinds, and in the splash page, we see a giant pistol aimed at Batman and Robin. They're tied up, um, which doesn't happen in this issue, like most splash pages. But and I thought, okay, there's no way there's a giant pistol on this, but there are several. So, um, we see one evening. At the headquarters of Gotham City's Bullet Hole Club. We find Wait, fabulous bullet hole. Yeah, club. it is fabulous, yeah. yeah. We see it looks like there's a stage with a giant Target on it. Sponsored by Target, I guess, is the, the Bullet yeah. Hole Club. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. all the, the, the tables, Target dog is there. Yeah, the centerpieces all have these like uh bullet looking things. We got a couple big, I thought they were silos. <laughs> we got a couple reporters. They might be silos. Uh, these reporters are talking about what the bullet hole club is and apparently it's a very very exclusive club sort of like a purple heart club but for cops and detectives around gotham city see if you've been shot with a bullet and the bullet was lodged in you you can join the very exclusive bullet hole club and it's a very bizarre club because they have the bullets you were shot with on display you think (laughs) i mean you would think okay if you've been shot in the line of duty that's probably pretty traumatic right you would think so yeah you don't want to be reminded every day all these guys do. All they do. Here's the bullet that shot you. Here's a bunch exactly. of gun things. Here's a they, giant they, target. They tell, you, they tell you the story, too. 
what the bullet displayed. It has like a little plaque. Yeah, yeah. What happened? Yeah. Um. And and they have a leaderboard sort of thing. Uh. And whoever has the most bullets shot into them is the leader. Of course, it's. Let, let's just say Batman's the fifty cent of the guy. Yeah, he he is way ahead. Of course, he's the president of the club. So they're having a meeting tonight. They're inducting a new member. Batman's. Up he didn't say, but Batman's been shot nine times. Yes, nine times. Yeah. Um. Then this was That's... in the early fifties. So yeah. imagine how many times since then. Exactly. So I thought that was a little weird, but Robin's on the, on the board with three. He's a boy. <laughs> I didn't see Robin, but there he is. Yeah, uh, you're right. Robin has been shot three times as a young boy, and he loves coming to this club and oh, he celebrating guns and shooting the, the shooting of himself. Yeah, I know this. The sick, weird, strange club. So Robin is up. Gotham. A guy that was running for uh, mayor in Gotham City proposed some sort of uh, stricter gun laws. And let's just say the citizens of Gotham flipped their lids. And so they, they have you know, a... Robin said, you can take my gun when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> so they're at the front of the uh, Batman has a new meeting. They're calling a meeting. They're, they're inducting a new member into the club. Uh... uh, uh <laughs> And his price to enter is the bullet he was lodging. That's their entrance fee. It's very, it's a bizarre thing. Yeah. And, and then later, after coffee has been served, because, you know, you got to have coffee. At well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman pulls out a giant picture. Nothing, nothing goes with a bullet like a coffee. Yeah. Batman pulls out a giant photo of him being shot. He goes, our main business this evening, gentlemen, it's all men, by the way. Exactly. Is to discuss the ways and means of creating the proposed photographic well, because, record because, of each member's time, bullet wound incident at the time in gotham city if a woman's shot and she survives she must be a witch yeah that's what it was yeah. <laughs> so what batman batman is proposing they do is just create a hall of the horrible memories where you have been shot uh, just to relive it and 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 robin's like here's a photo it's a giant photo robin's got this pointer he goes here's a photo of batman being shot at uh, and then batman points out you know unfortunately only <laughs> unfortunately only a few members were ever actually photographed being shot um so so we're gonna have to recreate some of these which again seems like psychologically just a bad idea right you have been shot costly. Right. Not only that, it's just a com- complete waste of money, but it seems like the guys are in the bullet hole club. They don't really want to be there, but they feel like they have to. And then now they're like, oh, God, now Batman wants us to relive. I know. They're all like, oh, God, Batman, another one of his bat-brained ideas. And the, 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 I mean, it's it's horrifying, right? You've been shot. Yeah. Now Batman's like, all right, we're going to go to the alley where you were shot and pretend to shoot you again and take a picture of it so you can always have that memory. Um, and, so, And the thing is, Batman is forcing them. Batman, yeah. as Bruce Wayne, is yeah. forcing them to do this. Yeah. Um, so later during the meeting, uh, the members are discussing this project and Batman gets called to the side. Um, there's a guy back there. What's his name? Um, you remember you got his name? Oh, Flint. Oh, there's a guy back there. Detective Joe Flint. Apparently he's been shot and Batman inspects him. He goes, look, now you, you, the bullet just grazed your cheek. It has to have been lodged in for you to join the club. And Look Joe at Flint, Batman's face when Joe Flint's telling him that it just grazed his face. Batman is unhappy. He's got yeah. this very, like, sad, very suspicious kind of frowny. He's like, you took me away from coffee. Yeah, for this? To, to show me. For this a, bullshit? A, a, been, Are you kidding like, me? I've been shot nine times. Yeah, Robin, who, who's ten years old, has been shot three times. And you're showing me a graze? Yeah, Batman's like, look, I'm sorry I can't do anything. It's a technicality. 
it, the bullet has to have been lodged in you or, or, or we just can't do anything for you. Right. So Joe Flint's like, I'll get in one day. He really wants to get into the club. Oh, yeah. yeah. So a couple nights later, uh, we see Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. They're getting the studio set up. They're thinking the members are going to love this. They're going to love recreating a traumatic moment in their life when they may have died. We're going to recreate it exactly. Just then the bat single goes off and Batman or Bruce and Dick race into action as Batman and Robin. They see Joe Flint. He's, he's just kind of standing out in the middle of the street with some street <laughs> thugs getting shot at. Um, again, gun crime, huge problem in Gotham. When you can have yeah. a, just a club of survivors, right? And not, a, not even people who died. Which this this whole bullet hole club is kind of ins- insensitive to all the the police members and the the police force who have died from <laughs> from bullet wounds. Well, Batman actually started up a a a, a death by bullet club. Yeah. For for uh, deceased. Police, and and Batman is the president because he's died nine times well, from bullets. <laughs> actually, his parents are. Oh, that's true. Yes, Batman. Again, it would be like Batman going to recreate his um. His parents' death, right? Or Robin doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And Batman's just, yeah, whatever. They'll love this. Well, you know what the thing is for those two? Bullet, bullets are a fact of life. That's true. They love it. So they Joe do. Flint is getting shot up by all these guys. Batman's how, like, how, like, Uncle Scrooge dives into <laughs> coins and swims. That's what Batman does with bullets. That's right. He's so bullet bullet tank he swims in. So Joe Flint's getting shot up. Batman <laughs> jumps down and, and saves him. He goes, what are you, crazy? You're trying to get shot? And Joe Flint's like, look. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to help out Batman, and, and I just if I happen to get shot and join the Bullet Hole Club, all the better. Batman goes, good grief. He really wants to join this club. Just let him join Batman. Batman. I know, seriously. Uh, uh, two Instant nights. good grief, though, made me think that Charlie Brown was Batman. Yeah, that's right. Uh, two nights later, we see uh, Joe Flint out at, at, he's at it again. He's out at the stockyard shooting at some guys. Batman tackles him. Leg tackles him, kind of very nice move. He goes, um, "Look, you can't, you can't be doing this. What, you, you know, you're gonna kill yourself." Flint's like, "Those guys are gonna get away. I've been shooting at them, trying to help." Um, he's like, I, "I, I vowed that at one day, I'll make the grade and be accepted into the Bullet Hole Club. You cannot stop me." And Batman's like, "Whatever, you're crazy." <laughs> so they go look for the, they look for the guys. He was Joe Flint was shooting at, but they can't find him. And Robin notices Robin, who by the way has a massive chest in this in this oh, panel. If you notice, he's it. Been, well, he's been getting some 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 of the roids, yeah, some oh, of the juice from Superman. Yeah, Superman's roided up, and so is Robin. Yeah. Uh, Robin's like, look, Joe Flint was shooting at this. He said guys were here, but there's no bullet holes. He was shooting blanks, and Batman's like, something suspicious. That's right, Batman. Uh, later, or meanwhile. We see Joe Flint smoking a cigarette now. You know he's a bad dude. Yeah, yeah. He's hanging well, out. And there's a good chance it's a marijuana cigarette. Yeah, oh yeah. He's hanging out with his two buddies, Pete and Froggy, talking about his plan. Um, and what's funny, Pete's the nickname. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Froggy is his real name. Um, the plan is Joe is a criminal, and he was made a uh, detective. And somehow and he got into the police force because it's very corrupt. But then this guy, this G-Man, he said, was on to him. Uh, this G-Man named, uh, what was his name? Let me look. Collins. Yeah, this G-Man Collins was on to him. And, and uh, Joe Flint's like, I got to take him out. He shoots him. But then he gets back and he realized he shot him with his police gun. <laughs> and they're going to track it back to him. 
So the G-Man Collins is recovering, but the bullet is lodged in, and, and they got to wait till the scar tissue to heal up, and they can remove it. And he'll uh, be the newest member. And in he'll the, be the newest uh, member of the Bullet Hole Club. And Joe, Joe Flint is like, I got to stop him before they remove that uh, scar tissue. And uh, <laughs> and so he's like, hey, his plan was to join the Bullet Hole Club and somehow murder once he's inside, murder Collins and steal the and steal the original bullet. Yes, yeah, get 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 rid of that evidence. Um, it's a it's an elaborate plan. You would think though, if all they're gonna do is remove it and then put it on display at the Bullet Hole Club. Probably no police officers yeah. are going to look at it to know that it Joe came from Flint the is com- is fine, and plus the police yeah. are so corrupt they they'll they'll save one of their own anyway. Yeah, exactly. And so and so Joe's like, I got to get into that club right now. He tells Froggy to quote, "You're going to plug me," and I and Froggy, the look on his face is like, "What?" <laughs> and I thought, "What is going on?" But no, no, it's not that. Joe Flint sits down, and he says, "All right." shoot me just shoot me in the fleshy part of my calf don't he's very trusting of froggy and of froggy's aim um well you you probably won't be surprised when i tell you this his name's froggy flint it's joe flint's brother is that right okay yeah. so, so i didn't I, I didn't pick up on that and joe and froggy that makes sense i mean yeah. those two names go together joseph and froggy flint um, Actually, so, his, his full name is Frogbert Flint. Yeah, so so Froggy Flint shoots him in the calf, and and later at the Bullet Hole Gun Museum of the Bullet Hole Club, it's a giant museum. Where well, did it's they a, get these giant? Guns well, it's a regular size museum with all these giant guns that they have made, and they're exact replicas of the guns that shot. <laughs> and they work. The and they're all and they all have ammunition. In them, and they're giant. It's like if if I was ever shot by a gun, I hope I'm never shot. But if I were, the last thing I'd want to see is a giant replica, <laughs> working replica wanna, of the gun that shot me. I wonder who's paying for these giant guns. The, the Gotham it, City is, taxpayers. Is, 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 yeah, I was going to say, is it a fund from Bruce Wayne, or is it more likely, since it's involved with the police force, the tacpa- taxpayers of Gotham? Yeah, it's, it's, this is all on a taxpayer dime. So Batman's looking, he's like, um, this is looking great. Uh, we've got the new gun, the newest gun set up, and... and um, he goes outside and sees they've got all their their setups for shooting the um the reenactments of the shooting to photograph in the reenactments of the and shooting. And they're elaborate. They are. It's like a giant building, a a circus, a shipyard. There's an elephant. Ugh, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, Batman. He's really into this bullet hole club. Well, I think we're learning in this one that Batman actually wanted to be a director. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we see later at the hospital. Um, Joe Flint, he's out. He goes, look, Batman, I guess I'm in the bullet hole club. I've been shot. And Batman's like, let me check you out here. All right. How did it happen? And Joe Flint said he was walking down the stairs. Some guy jumped him and shot him in the calf. And he doesn't know who. Batman's like, we'll try to figure it out. Later in the Batcave, Batman's expecting the bullet hole in Joe Flint's pants. So Joe Flint is now in the in the hospital pantsless, by the way. And he doesn't. And by the way, Joe Flint has no clue that Batman stole his pants. Yeah, that, that's evidence, and Batman just took it. Batman's like, look, these pants, he, Joe Flint was shot in the calf, but as you see, he draws a diagram, a perfect diagram of Joe Flint's leg. He says, his calf is here, but the bullet hole's down here. That can only be if Joe Flint was sitting down, and Robin's like, look, blank bullets, and now this fake, phony story. I like how he put the pants on a mannequin, though. Yeah, Batman had to ensure, he has a mannequin for, all, for times like this, to yeah. ensure proper scientific CSI look at, type evidence. Look at, 
looking at this and the and the reenactment, Batman really has too much time on his hands. He does. He does. Um, so Robin's like, what are we going to do about Flint? And Batman thinks something, he's got some motive. We got to figure it out. This panel where Batman's talking about this <laughs> is just great because it's, it's his face, right? With this kind of, I don't know how you'd say kind of shady looking eyes, but this big old frown on his face, like, <laughs> yeah, he's not, and happy. he's surrounded by these, like <laughs> these weird lines. Oh, yeah. I, I would, yeah, I don't really under, it's almost psychedelic in a way. Yeah, it's very maybe, strange. Maybe we're looking at it from Robin's point of view and he just dropped some acid. I think that's exactly what happened. So later at the uh, gun the bullet hole club, we see the newest member, Joe Flint, is there. <laughs> Batman Zane uh, t- telling Joe Flint about the gun museum, the giant replica guns, and they're all working. Joe Flint's thinking, I, if I can get this gun to work, I can. it's aimed right at the podium and... and if I can get Collins up there, I can shoot him with his giant gun. And he would just explode everywhere. The, the sheer amount of natural resources that are down the drain making yeah. these giant guns that actually work. Yeah. So so what's happening this month at the at the um, Bullet Hole Club is they're voting on their most popular member, which I have – I'm surprised Batman is just not running away with that every month. <laughs> but the way that they vote is they take these – bullets and they put their vote inside and so joe uh, uh joe flint's plan is to stuff the ballot with all these fake things with collins's name get him up on stage build a giant bullet put it in the fake giant gun or the real giant gun i guess and shoot it at collins and killing him and so he rigs up the gun he's got it his plan in place but robin sees that the gun is rigged not he's not even trying to be inconspicuous it's just a giant string rigged to the gun robin's <laughs> like wait we got to stop him uh and, and batman turn gets the safety click in time yeah so batman clicks the safety and uh of course joe goes nuts he's like you'll never catch me he tries to jump out the window he jumps on one of the replica guns a colt 45 which is very nicely drawn, I might say. It is. So Joe's yeah. up there, but Batman pulls the trigger, pu- releasing the hammer and locking and, Joe's leg, pr- and, crushing and, and Joe's amputated. Yeah, yeah, crushing his leg. Yeah. Um, and later, police so headquarters. So basically, he's in, in, ensuring that yeah. he'll have a rogue for life with Joe Flint, Joe yes. One Leg Flint. Yep, yep. And his brother Frog, Frogbert. Frog, Frog. Well, and and a lot of people don't realize this, but Joe and Froggy Flint's nephew, Larry Flint. <laughs> That's the founding publisher of Hustler magazine. And their great, 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 great grandfather, Fred Flint Stone. They Ooh. dropped the stone when they came to they the did, new yeah. world. Yep. Yeah. Thought it was too uh thought it was too ethnic sounding. Yep. <laughs> so so they lock Joe Flint up in a minstal institute min, mental institute. Um or a minstal institute. Yeah. <laughs> they they lock Joe Flint up in a mental institute. And Batman and Robin are looking at the new case. For Collins, where his bullet will go, and Batman's just getting really excited to put that bullet in there, and that's the end of. Do, do you notice though the the date when the wound was inflicted, October fourth, nineteen forty nine, and yet this is a nineteen fifty one issue. Yep this 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 is an old story, I guess that's been guess floating that... around the office for a while. So that was world's finest episode, or that that was world's finest issue fifty. What did you think? You got the Superman. Uh, they were story. Each. You got the Batman story. Each one, the most thrilling and yep. exciting stories Superman and Batman's ever I thought, how could you get more exciting than a census story? And then Boy, story. was I wrong. 
All right, I think we should take a quick break and we'll be back with Batman issue 50. All right, that was Bob Marley with I Shot the Sheriff. You're listening to Steve and Andy Meet Batman, episode 50. All right, we are back. I am still pumped up. Oh my God, I am too. I hope all the Batmites are still pumped up. You You know they are. So, why Batman? I mean, what led us down this sick and sad path? That we're on. You know, that's that's a good question. I'm not not for sure I can say. Do you have any uh, any any ideas? I have I've always liked Batman. I would say he's always been my favorite superhero. Um, probably dating back, and you're not gonna love this, but 1989, <sighs> 1991, those movies were big, and I was a kid, and <clears throat> yeah, well. you know, I mean, you, you know. What are you gonna do? I don't, you know, I don't know. I can, I can, I can tell you. <clears throat> for me, the Joker was always my favorite comic book character. Yeah. But Batman was not my favorite superhero, and he still isn't. Who is? When I was a little besides kid, Plastic Man. I was gonna say when I was a kid, I my favorites, my favorite superheroes were you know Superman, yeah, Plastic Plastic Man, and Green Arrow. Uh huh. I always loved those guys. I always yeah. They're really cool. Uh huh. I still remember uh, going to a comic book store. Yeah. With uh, my dad took me, and uh, <clears throat> and I liked Green Arrow, you know, because you know I I, I love the superpowers Green Arrow toy, you know. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> he took me to this uh, comic book store, and uh, I picked up some com- I picked up Action Comics, Superman, Adventures of Superman. Picked up all three of those. Yeah. And I picked up a Green Arrow comic. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, and my dad didn't know, but it was during the Mike Grell era yeah. of, of Green Arrow, which, if you didn't know, Mike Grell's Green Arrow era was for mature audiences. And how old were you at this time? I was a little boy. <laughs> I was so you're little. pretty mature, one, one might say. Yeah. No, I was a little tiny boy. Uh-huh. I was, I don't know. Five maybe. Yeah. And I get in your back, and I'm I look through the all the soups Superman comics, and I come down, and I pick the Green Arrow one, and I'm looking through that, and then I go, hmm. okay, <laughs> different, different, okay. <laughs> then I'm you know looking at it, okay, and then then I get to a page of a naked woman. And <laughs> what did you say then? I go. Huh, there's a naked woman in this. Okay. My, dad's like, my dad's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, let me see. And he's looking at it, and it's like filled with cuss words and nudity and stuff. Just we both had a laugh. Well, he had a laugh. I was, I thought it was funny anyway, but he had a laugh over it. So <laughs> we're not well, review. As far as I know, any of the issues we're we're going to be talking about today do not have nudity. Although you can just picture a nude Batman throughout if if you yeah, want. Everything. Because yeah. we will paint. That's the picture I'm trying to paint for you. Yeah. Yeah. So Batman, issue 
50 on Stephen Andy Meet Batman episode 50. The cover, you have a floating two-faced head with a couple oh, do you of hands. Know, <laughs> would you like to know when it came out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's Bat- get, yeah. Let, let's start. Let's start with that. Yeah. Okay, Batman, issue number 50, mm-hmm. the big 50. Mm-hmm. December 1948, January 1949. It's an oldie. It is. They said they they like to say an oldie, but a goodie. Yep, I would agree. Yeah. I I agree. Part of this issue was reprinted in Wonder Woman number seventy one for some reason. Which part? I, oh. I guess the last story. <laughs> Jerry the Jitterbug. That that actually <laughs> the was last story? the last story. The the one page filler Jerry the Jitterbug oh. was in fact reprinted. I don't know why. I don't know why that was reprinted in Wonder Woman nine. Wonder Woman number seventy one, January nineteen fifty five. Okay. It's like they were like, we got to fill one page of this Wonder Woman comic. Go through some old stuff we got. And some guy picked up Batman number 50 and he was like, there is a Jerry the Jitterbug story from about like seven <laughs> years ago. That's Put it in. Put amazing. it in. That's amazing. So we see the cover. It's a giant floating two-faced head um, with two floating hands and a giant coin spinning. And Batman and Robin are there looking when shocked. When I first looked at it, I thought it was a diamond for some reason. Yeah, it does kind of look like a diamond. It's very shiny. It says, once again, Batman and Robin battle the most bizarre villain of all time. Again, questionable. These comics make a lot of claims that are questionable. Old claims. They battle the most bizarre villain of all time in the return of the Jedi. (laughs) The return of Two-Face. I'm pretty sure this this story was originally going to be called Revenge of Two-Face. And then uh, uh, Bill Finger said Two-Face doesn't take revenge. Yep, yep. So Two Face is back, I guess. Um, as far as I'm concerned, he never left. We see the opening panel. Uh, a, a church bell is going bong, bong, bong. It's midnight, and a bizarre figure is looming over Gotham. It's Two Face. He says he's back, and now is the time for a crime. He starts climbing down some branches, and he falls. He goes, "I what I'm curious about. Why didn't he just go through the house?" Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He starts falling. He goes, "Help! I'm falling!" And a giant hand reaches out and grabs him but then we see harvey dent waking up on his balcony uh very nice castle i mean I, w- I would say this place is even nicer than uh wayne, wayne manor yeah with dent manor oh totally <laughs> and then taking, taking a look at one face dent yeah he looks better with two faces yeah i would agree i would agree so uh, harvey dent is awake his he's, he's fine his, his face is normal it's not two face batman says him and robin were just driving past and they saw him screaming on his balcony and they rushed up here to save him yeah i don't buy it i think batman was a peeping tom so up on the balcony we see wilkins did, the butler did you notice though uh harvey's i guess pajamas look more like a chef uniform <laughs> that's true <laughs> Uh, yeah, it does. It's very maybe he's a chef at night. He's like a celebrity chef. And, yeah. And these before the Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earths rebooted the DC universe in the mid '80s, Harvey Dent wasn't a DA. He was, he was a celebrity chef. chef. <laughs> I would. I wish that were true. So we see Harvey Dent in his chef uniform on the balcony. He's up there with Wilkins, his butler. Not as not as good of a name as Alfred. And Batman and Robin and, and Harvey Dent's like, I had this horrible Two-Face dream again. And Batman's like, look, your face is fine. You're you're okay. You had plastic surgery. Remember, you, you, you're you fine now. Um, Batman says, where's Mrs. Dent? And, and Wilkins goes, oh, she's out. Uh, don't worry. I'll make sure. It's just a nightmare. I'll make sure he's okay. What do you think what Wilkins, she's out? It seemed like it had like kind of like an extra meat. Do, do you think she's 
I think she's having an affair with Wilkins, yes. Yeah, Yeah, sleeping around on Dent. That's the subtext here, and it's very clear. I thought so, too. I mean, Wilkins, he's a good-looking guy, right? He is, yeah. He's a good-looking guy, and he's not wearing pants. Again, painting a visual picture. They're painted on. They're painted on. So we... um, you know, we, like in like uh, like Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, have there's always like the spread. I don't yeah. know if you actually know this, but I they don't. always talk about it. But the spread of instead of wearing like normal bathing suits, they're painted on, which I don't really get. When, I mean, that, that means they're naked. Not, isn't not it? practical, I guess. I don't know. But that's what Wilkins. All of his clothes are always painted on. <laughs> He's a very strange butler. Yeah, he is. but that's what attracted uh, Mrs. Harvey Dent to him. So. Yeah, yeah. She says he's a he's he's a bold man. <laughs> so, she, she compared him to the Marlboro Man. <laughs> we see a little backstory on Harvey Dent and Two Facey. He was a big time prosec- fighting DA, putting guys to. I, I like that guys on the stand in Gotham sitting a throne. Yeah, yeah. We see Harvey in a um. In, in, in a in a courtroom uh uh let's see lucky maroney is on the stand he's got this two-headed die is a two-headed i'm sorry two-headed coin it's very lucky harvey dent is putting him putting him to taking him to the cleaners basically and and uh, maloney stands up and throws a bottle of acid on harvey dent's face turning him into two-face harvey dent takes the two-headed coin and scratches it up and becomes two-face and goes on these crimes and accidentally shoots his um his fiance little red riding hood gilda yeah she's dressed up as little red riding hood and uh we see that brought him to his senses this plastic surgeon was able to fix his face and that's where we are today harvey's laying in bed he's like i'm about to have a nervous breakdown i'm gonna take a nap later or I guess, meanwhile, at the same time, at the in the middle of the night, because it appears to be night. There's... Actually, it is the next night, because when we go down, when we fill the arrows to the next panel, yeah, it says the ne- next night it's didn't relax. Yeah, but it's it's the night. It's still nighttime, is what I'm saying. <clears throat> and they're having this they're having this motorcycle show. I, like, I actually don't know if it is nighttime. I think Harvey Dent's like an old person. He eats dinner at like three o'clock. Yeah, maybe. Because if you look outside, it looks it looks somewhat round, bright. Yeah. Yeah, it looks bright. So anyway, there's a motorcycle rally going on. Uh, we see a bunch of guys up on uh, up on a motorcycle in like, this weird pyramid formation. Uh, Batman gets a call. He's he's coming up. There's a police alarm. Someone's broken in to the manager's office at the at the uh, at the motorcycle rally track, and it seems like a bad time to do that when there's thousands of people around. But who is it? It appears to be Two Face. He's flipping a coin. He's going to shoot the manager. He's the most bizarre criminal of all, so he would do something. Yeah, it's a very like bizarre thing. So he flips a coin. It's the bad side. He's about to shoot the manager, but Batman says stop, and Two Face says, "I got to get out of here." He jumps on a motorcycle um, that was outside at the show, and he starts riding it around. Batman jumps on this weird motorcycle chariot. <laughs> Really and they're going around this loop-de-loop, um, but Harvey Dent escapes, uh, and Batman basically, I mean, he says he tries to swerve to save the guards, but he basically just crashes the... Yeah, I think he just wanted to crash. So what is this? Is Harvey Dent gone bad again, and what, what's up with all this Two-Face stuff? Batman's like, we gotta check up on Harvey Dent. Meanwhile, Harvey Dent, he's waking up from his nap, he hears on the radio that Two-Face is at large again and harvey dent's like oh my god i don't even remember this he goes to his i guess his his his, um, his makeup kit makeup kit it's makeup room is all i can describe this as and he's like well, look here, a lot of people don't know this but harvey dent has a pretty successful nightclub drag yeah, yeah yeah so he's like here are my two-faced clothes in this makeup and oh my god here are the the receipts from the stadium 
And he's like, so did, so, so did Two Face just steal receipts, or did he steal? Yeah, that's, I, I guess he's not the best criminal. So Harvey, he wants to write it all off on his taxes. <laughs> Harvey didn't thinks he's going crazy. Just then, he sees Batman and Robin racing up. They come inside. Harvey's like, "Look, I can't let you arrest me. I'm not going back to jail." I got a wife here, and she's yes, she's cheating on me with my butler, but still, he smashes Batman over the head with a chair, um, and he goes nuts. He's he's just uh, runs out. Uh, Batman and Robin wake up; they gain consciousness again. We see uh, Harvey Dent's butler there. He goes, "How how how we could be? How could he be Two Face again?" Batman says, "He's got a split personality. He's living two lives." They rush out to try to stop him. What is in Batman's hand in that little? Pa- Do you see the the panel where it's a circle? Yeah, I guess it's a credit card. I thought it was like he he stopped and he got like coffee. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, Batman's holding this weird. I I think it's a credit card. Apparently, it also looks like coffee. <laughs> He's like, oh man, I'm I'm beat. I need I need to pick me up. And so, uh, Batman they race off again, and they're just like, we gotta stop Rob. Or Batman tells Robin, we gotta stop Harvey Dent. We gotta stop Two Face. He could be up there killing people. Remember, his symbol is two. We gotta watch out for a two crime, even though I think the stadium receipt thing was not a two crime. It wasn't. I don't see how that was. Yeah, but that's that's neither here nor there. I guess it was a motorcycle rally, and those have two. Motorcycles wheels. are two wheelers. Yeah. Um, that's stretching it though. It's stretching, and so is this next crime. The next night no, at a true. Playland sideshow, we see a giant elephant, uh, and there's a couple a of, of a lot of elephants in Batman stories. Yeah. A couple of uh, Siamese twins, I guess, or regular twins, riding up. On top of them, a large crowd of people are there. Just then, another twin joins the act. It's it's Two Face. He says, "How about a double date with them?" Hey, he's just really looking for a threesome now. He, he is. Well, I mean, if you look at the girls, they're like, "Ooh." Yeah, they they were into it. Yeah, they. In they fact, were. they really do say, "Oh." So he flips this coin, and it's and it's bad. It's it's, it's comes up on the bad side yeah, again. He's going to shoot them. If it was them. the good, if it was the good side, it would have been a menage a trois. Yeah, it would have been a very different episode. It would have been a more adult themed episode. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's about to shoot and him. And Two Face would have had to become a menage a trois guy. He would have had to get new yeah, friends. The three and... thing, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the two thing. Yeah, it's got to be two. It's all in twos for him. So uh, <laughs> he, he, Two Face runs away. The gunshot that Batman deflected scares the elephant. It starts going nuts. Batman <laughs> jumps on its back. And I love this. And, and he's, like, he's like an elephant whisperer. He is. And, and Robin, he tells Robin to go and get a tiger skin from some sideshow game and I, they were giving these out as prizes this was the 40s you could get a tiger skin as yeah, a as I a mean, carnival prize and, sure and there's like ivory tusks was one of those and so robin kind of puts the skin tiger skin over him and pretends to be a tiger the elephant is kind of scared and batman goes whoa fella you know you're afraid of tigers all elephants are so back up and stand still that's it and it says Batman speaks softly, gently to the beast. He oh, he speaks softly, erotic. gently to the beast every night. Yeah, it was very erotic. Um, and, and 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 Robin's improv lessons really came in handy with uh, <laughs> with his roar. Yeah, Robin looked very convincing as a tiger. Yeah. But although that plan could have backfired, Robin was dressed up as a tiger to an already scared elephant. You would think this thing might get trample a little, little more scared trample robin trample more people it, well, it turns out that was actually batman's only plan. a few people died though only a few people yeah, died yeah. so batman and robin race back to the home of harvey and they were Dent. circus folk anyway yeah. so so they find by the um i forgot to mention they find harvey dent's coin he left it behind at that that the circus scene and it turns out both sides are bad batman's suspicious they race back to harvey dent's mansion and <laughs> apparently harvey dent's 
uh, wife, Gilda, was a, quite the artist. She was she was sculpting a giant head of Harvey Dent. But when he became Two Face, he he marred half of it. So, isn't that is that a little weird to you? I mean, yeah. you're you're married. You, you, yes. If your wife, if you come home, uh, you don't have a large garage space, but let's say you you had a large room, big enough for a 20, 30 foot statue. Yes. And you go inside, it's a giant statue of your head. I mean, isn't that a little strange to you? Oh, well, and it's like, made out of stone. Uh, no, if it was, I walked in and it was a giant sculpture of Kitty, that'd be normal. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Me, it's a little weird. But but if Kitty marred the one half and became like a two cat. <laughs> two Andy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Batman and Robin, they see that, and, and then just then they're hit over the head with, <laughs> we see Two-Face show up. Um, he, he smacks Robin in the face, but then Robin throws the silver dollar at Two-Face, knocking him in the head. Two-Face tries to climb the statue and escape through the roof, but he can't make it. Batman punches him with a hammer punch, a hammer blow. He topples the bizarre bandit. Uh, just then, Batman and Robin go down, they go down to the basement, and they find Harvey Dent tied up down there. This whole time, it was Walkins, his butler, dressing up as Two-Face um, to commit these crimes, and Harvey Dent is reunited with his wife. And they make out in Batman and Robin watch, which yeah, is but it, it kind of foiled Gilda's plan, though. Yes, Gilda pretends to be happy, but she's not yeah. really that happy. I find it odd that they couldn't tell that old man Wilkins <laughs> was, was not was n- not Harvey Dent. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this guy's like eighty years old, right? I know. I don't know how, it, unless he's really good at makeup, which he is. Yeah. Again, Fabulous Wilkins is what he was always known as. Yeah, he's he's the Lon Chaney of the DC universe. <laughs> and this and next... Man of a thousand faces. This next story... Is... Very sad, right? Is, I mean... I, f- I found it disturbing. The, um... <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird... It's a different make, age, yeah. I had to go back to the, the the splash page to make sure I wasn't reading Jerry Sandusky with Robin the Boy Wonder. <laughs> Um, I don't know how many people are going to get the Jerry Sandusky reference, but for those college, Google it. Yeah. Google it. I actually like to think that that's why this issue is how Jerry Sandusky got his name. Yeah. (laughs) So this is Batman with Robin the Boy Wonder. This story's called The Second Boy Wonder. Can you imagine Batman firing Robin the Boy Wonder? Yes, I can. But can you imagine Batman training another boy with his crime busting as his crime busting partner? Well, all these years later, yes, I can. Would such a boy be clever and courageous enough to replace Robin? For the greatest surprise in the history of Batman and Robin, not true. Read the dramatic story of the second boy wonder. This is not the greatest <laughs> surprise. It's not It's not that big of a surprise. Did, did you notice? Okay, you notice how Batman is putting up a new portrait. Yes. The one with Batman so so let's yeah, describe the in, the in the splash panel. We see Batman putting up a new portrait. With an, what appears to be another Robin. Batman's standing on the top of the ladder, which is dangerous. He's putting yeah. up a new portrait also in his Batman uniform. Right. And we and, see uh, we see Robin. A dick, a crying dick race. Yeah, crying, and it's very sad. Yeah. Now, did you, now can you make out what, that, what the, portrait, the new portrait says? It says, Batman and Jimmy, the boy wonder. <laughs> it, I see it now. I see it's it now. It's not like Robin's name's really Robin. It's Dick. It's not like he goes out as Dick the Boy Wonder. So why would the, why would he be Jimmy? 
fucking what kind of name is that? I love that. Here's Batman, like, and I would love for this to have caught on, and the new series to be Batman with Jimmy the Boy. That'd be like if he like joined the the the, the, the new Teen Titans, and he's and you just got, Jimmy. And then you got like Kid Flash, and you got like Beast Boy, and you got Raven and Starfire, and Jimmy. I, I love Jimmy. I didn't Cyborg. notice that, but thank you for pointing that out. So the story starts with bat herbs. The story starts with. Uh, Bruce and Dick just lounging in in uh, Wayne Manor. They see the bat signal, and and Dick's like, "Look, let's go!" And and uh, Batman. Do you, how, do you notice how fast Dick got his clothes off? Yeah, Dick went from wearing a full, I would say, a sweater and a shirt underneath to basically nothing. Yeah, and he's about to put. He's, he's he's like, "Let's go!" And, and but Batman. <laughs> Very kind of suspiciously says, "Whoa, whoa! I, yeah, I'd rather go by myself tonight. Why don't you stay home?" The next night, the same thing happens. Dick again, half out of his clothes, and Batman goes, "Why don't you stay home? It's it's no big deal." Yeah, I can handle this by myself. <laughs> and then the next day, as Dick returns home from school, he it got his school got out a little early, and so Dick is at school. I, I want to actually point out Dick's outfit. I mean, with those those pants, he looks like he could be like a glam rocker in those pants. Yeah, those pants are are checkered green kind of stripy pants and a and a red sweater with a. Uh, I guess a, a nice button-up shirt underneath. A nice school he goes to. He looks to. like he could be a hipster. Yeah, oh yeah. And so so he's back home. He, he hears a voice coming from the Batcave. And this may be one of the more disturbing <laughs> lines. <laughs> in the history. Uh, and of what comments. is the voice saying that Dick hears from the Batcave? Now sniff this tube, Jimmy. Now and, sniff this tube, Jimmy. It's, and you know what? Once we find out the secret of Jimmy... This makes it even more disturbing because I don't think that was a tube. <laughs> so Dick goes down. He sees Batman hanging out with his other kid, and, and Jimmy says, "Smells of bitter bitter alm. This tube smells of bitter almonds. It, he says it must it smells hold like bleach." <laughs> Batman is he's testing him, I guess, on chemistry, and and it gets more. I really thought, okay, this is the forties. It's a little bit more of an innocent time. This isn't that weird. Or the next thing. Jimmy says, "Is are you sure Robin doesn't suspect I've been coming here for these lessons every day?" And Batman goes, "Don't worry, it's it's it, it's just our little secret." And of course, Robin or Dick Grayson's watching all of this from secret. the shadow. Uh, and then Batman it's, goes, it's, "It's the next panel, especially with the words that are emphasized." Yeah, I I'll read it with emph- emphasis. Batman says to Jimmy as they walk into a what appears to be a dark corner of the Batcave. Now, Jimmy, let's see if you remember your physical training as well as your laboratory lessons. And and Robin is just, or Dick Grayson's looking on. I don't understand. Uh, he doesn't. You won't. You will never understand, yeah. Dick. Not and, your and the next panel, we see Batman basic. I mean, he, there's more or less straddling Jimmy. It's mission. It's missionary position, yeah. basically. Uh, and and Jimmy goes, "How am I doing so far?" And Batman touches his. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He touches touches his hands to Jimmy's breasts. And says, oh, when I get through instructing you, you'll be a second boy wonder. What the hell is going on? I don't know. It was, it was. Um, Batman then takes off his cowl and I assume he's going to just fully disrobe. And, and, and <laughs> I think he did. And that's, that's when Dick Grayson turns around. And he goes, well, Batman's training someone to take my place. He's even showing him who he is. I mean, he's woozy. Look at the... He is. He doesn't know what to do. It's that. It's a scent of chloroform in the air. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> he knows he should tell somebody, but he doesn't know who. 
yeah, who's he going to talk to, Alfred? No. Well, and, and I think he went to tell uh, Joe Paterno, and Paterno said it was just uh, horseplay. <laughs> so. so, so Dickens is sitting, he, and later in his room, he's looking. <laughs> He's got a giant picture of Batman and Robin in his room, which I find to be awesome. No, was that a was that was that a giant picture? Was that a window? And Batman <laughs> and Jimmy were looking in on him, laughing. Oh, I wish that were true. Um, so he's looking at this picture. He goes, "What? After all that Batman and I have been through, we've we fought the Joker together. We've even fought Frankenstein's monster. Is that a real issue? I don't know. I was wondering that myself. If that were the case, then in the first fifty, in the first fifty issues of Batman, they fight, <laughs> they fight Frankenstein. <laughs> so Robin or Dick Grayson doesn't know what to do. He's being replaced. Look at his pillow and compare it to his pants. <laughs> it looks the same, yeah. Dick Grayson's punching his pillow, and it's the exact same green checkered pattern as his, as his pants, which makes me think that Alfred just got a bunch of this green checkered pattern. He's making everything out of it. So later... <laughs> Jim, Jim, Jimmy the Boy Wonders uniform's going to be made out of that same stuff. <laughs> that would be amazing. Later um, that night, we see Batman. He's out on the case with Jimmy, and 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 Robin says, "I want to see how good this new kid is in action." They do set it up. I mean, even if this were more more of an innocent time where a grown man could wrestle with a boy and have him smell chemicals and it not be weird in a cave, um, yeah. even if that were this time, like the way they set it up, honestly, is like. Robin is jealous of this relationship in a way that a girlfriend would be jealous of Batman hanging out with a new girl. Yeah. And so, okay, so Jimmy and Batman are out on this new case. They see these these criminals go. They're shooting this guy. He's trying to run away. Uh, Batman leaps down. He says, Jimmy, to, to follow him, follow him and, and just p- play it by ear, basically. Batman has no plan. He's putting this child in, in risk. <laughs> And so they're in the the criminals run inside this giant uh, model building company. Yeah, what kind of warehouse was this? It's a warehouse full of a giant replica of Gotham City or a small replica of Gotham City, but it's, I was like, it's did very he, big. Like wander onto the set of a Godzilla movie. <laughs> it kind of looks like that. So Batman's trapped by the the goons. They 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 see him in there. Batman is surrounded. Uh, Robin's looking on. He goes, "I guess I'll have to step in." But then Jimmy saves the day. He pulls this lever. These planes. These tiny Can I say another planes? thing about Jimmy real fast? I what love the it? fact that Jimmy has a Jufro. <laughs> his, his name is J- uh, Jimmy Goldstein. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Schwartz. Yeah. So Jimmy pulls his lever. These these um these little tiny airplanes come out and, and stop the robbers. Batman gives one of them an uppercut. Good job, Jimmy. I'm proud of you. Of course, the words "I'm proud of you" really set Dick off. He starts walking away. He's like, "Look, this Jimmy's a good guy. He saved Batman. I, I guess I'm done." But then. So earlier we saw this guy uh, named Waxy running away from these other goons. They're in a gang war, apparently. And this guy named Gloves is about to shoot Waxy. And uh, he actually shoots him and Waxy dies. This is all witnessed by Jimmy. And um, Waxy sees Jimmy. He thinks he's Robin and he starts shooting at him. He's like, I can't. It's best that he he thinks it's Robin, but the Brett didn't have time to put on his whole costume. Because it's just Jimmy wearing a mask and his regular clothes. Yeah, it's just normal street clothes, pair of pants, and a uh, yeah. So, so Waxy he gets away. But, but really, he... for, for for a superhero like for a superhero named Jimmy, wouldn't regular street clothes be the proper? Yeah, uniform? that is. But his name's not out yet. Everybody thinks he's Robin. That's so, true. So this they Waxy, don't realize he's Jimmy the Boy Wonder. Gloves. This criminal shoots this other guy named Waxy, 
and uh, just kills him, right? I mean, he's dead. It shows him kind of dying. And Jimmy runs off, and the, the goons escape. A, <laughs> later, uh, Batman, and Ro Batman and, I'm sorry, Jimmy the Boy Wonder are talking, and Batman's like, <sighs> Jimmy's like, who was that guy who got shot? And Batman says, that was Waxy. Uh, well, I guess there's nothing else to do tonight. We'll just, <laughs> they just go home. They just leave Waxy's rotting body. <laughs> it's weird. Imagine these model guys are going to come back. Everything's destroyed, and there's a dead body in there. <laughs> Gonna, and, and one of them's gonna say, "I think Jimmy the Boy Wonder was here." <laughs> and so uh, later, can, can, I, can I can I note something really quickly? Go ahead. That in 1966, the film director Herschel Warren Lewis directed a film titled "Jimmy the Boy Wonder." There you go. So, um, uh, Waxy, we see later. Waxy is is he's kind of concerned. He said, "This kid saw me. They, they're gonna Batman knows him. They're gonna come track me down." Uh, the next night. So, so Waxy's basically, he's got to, we've got to knock off Robin before he can exactly. expose me. Um, later that night, we see Batman's going out again, and, and he's like, I, you can't come along this time, Robin. And Robin's like, look, I know about Jimmy. Can I say the, the way that this was played? Yeah. <clears throat> the way that Bruce played this was pretty cruel. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what, what happens is Robin's like, look, give, just give Jimmy, I know about him, just give him my spare uniform. And and Batman or Dick goes, that's awesome. That's a very nice thing. Why don't you take it to him and then you come back here? And uh, he's like rubbing it into. Yeah, him, he is. Right? And Robin feels really bad. And he says, "From boy wonder to delivery boy." Yeah, and he, and he's actually Batman standing there and and just bring him to police headquarters. I'm gonna go out. And Robin is Dick is there just crying. And Batman yeah. is totally oblivious. Oh, he's loving it too. He you loves know it. children crying. Yeah. Yeah, um, he loves it. So Batman goes out to police headquarters and he sees that um, th that the waxy gang, I guess, left a note for him and it says, come and get us, basically. It's not a great plan. So Batman rushes over there. They jump him, knock him out, hook him up to this uh, uh, lie detector machine and get but him it to... more works like, like a mind reader. Yeah, basically they get him to reveal where... Robin is, which but, is, but Batman never actually says anything. It's all in his yeah, mind. Yeah, they get him to reveal where Robin is, and and they have a. I love this. They show it, and they go the actual lie detector test of Batman's thoughts. Well, I love that uh, that that the uh, the villain mm -hmm. has like maps and charts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how he finds out where Robin is. And so later, Robin shows up at Jimmy's place, and he gives Jimmy the other costume, and Jimmy goes to put it on, and Robin sees this giant globe. The globe has Braille all over it, and that's when Robin realizes that, that Jimmy is blind. Just then, uh, Gloves' goons come in, knock Robin out. He he's, he's trying to fight back, but Jimmy comes in, also wearing a Robin uniform, and uh, knocks out the goons. Uh, but as they, They're able to drag the real Robin away, but before he does, he leaves a pen in the globe. The pen was left in Italy, which... Uh, okay, here's the logic. Apparently, Gloves' goons hang out in the least conspicuous place ever, a giant shoe out in the woods of Gotham. I like how the only way to get up to the door of the giant shoe is to, to climb, climb a ladder. A ladder. <laughs> so, this is good. This is hard to explain. So, um, yeah, and this is not revealed until now either, so it's not like this is built up. All of a sudden, you just see a giant shoe. Um, so, that's where... <laughs> It's like the real Robin left me a clue. It, it, well, yeah, it, let's let's explain the giant shoe first. So Gloves' gang lives in a giant shoe. And as Robin tripped, 
the real it's the real Robin tripped and left a thing in a. <laughs> this is so stupid. He left a pen in Italy, and Jimmy the boy wonder says, "Oh wait, Robin stuck this pen in the Italian boot, and he boot is a shoe." Hmm. I wonder. And then somehow this blind kid makes his way to the shoe out in the woods and he knew about it and he's like this must be the place so he climbs in of course he's that's, right that's what that's why he's jimmy the boy wonder that's true he he climbs up to the top of the roof actually and and puts his cape over the the chimney which smokes out the villains i thought and, the villains had a fire going <laughs> that's true it's got it's cold out and so the villains uh it's like a, it's a it's a really nice cozy kid yeah yeah you got it it's a shoe right it gets, it gets drafty in there and so the villains try to run out, but Jimmy has removed the ladder that they have to climb up, and so they all fall. And then, of course, Batman and Jimmy and um, and Robin all come down, arrest the goons. Batman is flipping a guy over by his head, if you notice that. Um, so they arrest all the guys, and Batman reveals to Robin and to everyone that Jimmy was really blind, and he wants to be a criminologist, and Batman was training him. Look and at I'll, Jimmy's face when he's confronting Robin. Yeah, it's he, <laughs> he looks really like, angry. like Billy Bat, like an angry Billy Batson. And um, and Jimmy said he wanted to be a college football player, and there was this program for kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful. No, Jimmy wanted to be a criminologist, and there was a Batman for some somehow found out about Jimmy, and thought he would train him and surprise Robin. Yeah, and, I don't understand why Robin had to be surprised by all this. And and Batman in the end says, "There's only one boy wonder, and he's you." As he rubs Robin's back, <laughs> uh, and, and he said, "Let's go hit the showers." And that's it. That is Batman issue fifty. Fifty. Yeah, we did uh, skip a story. But, we did, but that I mean, we we hit the highlights. Yeah. Wow, this might have been the biggest and best episode ever. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. have to say, episode fifty in the books. Yes. It's been a wild ride. I, I really have to say, we, I mean, we try to do as many episodes as we can, but I really do have fun every episode I do. I love the feedback we get, the people who listen. It's, it's a lot of fun. Thanks to every Batmite all over the world. We have Batmites in almost every city on the globe. It, uh, yeah, yeah, we do. You can download all of the previous episodes, all 50 episodes of Stephen and Meet Batman. I actually think there might be more than 50 even because we didn't count some specials yeah yeah we probably actually have more than 50 um or maybe we no yeah we do have more than we have like 51 episodes technically <laughs> but um that we didn't count the specials so um go and download all 50 plus episodes of steve and andy meet batman on itunes search steve and andy meet batman leave us an itunes review we haven't gotten one in a long time Send us an email. If you're Harry Comer, please send an email at, to stevenandy at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook page. Tell your friends about it. Facebook.com slash stevenandy. I, um, I, I, think, I think Harry Comer is in jail. I, well, you know our theory. Either he's in jail or he's Steve Jobs. And I think mm. one of those is much more likely, but I won't say which. You can figure that out if, for yourself. If, yep. if he's not in prison. <laughs> he should be. If, if he's not dead, he's in prison. Yeah. And something tells me he was sentenced to 30 to 60 years on October 9th, 2012. Yeah. For some crimes in the state of Pennsylvania. Could be. that. If it was Jerry Sandusky, that would, that would be very 
very disturbing that he likes the show. But anyway, Harry Comer, we miss you. Send us an email. Yeah. If you're still around. And uh, thanks to all the Batmites who have listened and who have tried to listen and just bit got fed up with us and stopped. Thank you, yeah. too. And Andy. Yes. I will talk to you very soon. The next episode, I believe, is a Penguin episode. Oh, my Get God. excited. Episode 50 in the books. Goodbye, everyone, and good night. And good luck. And thank you. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs>